Welcome to the Real Estate Investment Hub, where you can learn how to grow, scale, and optimize your real estate portfolio through our conversations with investors and thought leaders in the real estate industry. Let's move on to the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Real Estate Investment Hub. Once again, I am Chris, and this is my business partner, Rod B. Hey, guys. Um, and today we are talking about a huge topic both in, um, well, I guess specifically in BC and Ontario, mm-hmm. and that is pre-sales. In, in Ontario, they call them pre-construction homes. Right. Um, a massive topic right now, especially with Ontario, you know, with their market not doing too well. Uh, but yeah, today we're talking about pre-sales. Perfect. So for those that are just getting into the real estate investing, what is a pre-sale, Chris? Okay, so a pre-construction or pre-sale home um, is one where the developer is essentially kind of selling you a dream and mm. they're selling you a contract for a product that will be built in a couple of years. Right. Um, it, it's super, I, I honestly think a lot of people in Vancouver probably have heard of what a pre-sale is, mm-hmm. uh, but usually you are buying, let's say three to five years out, depending on the type of product that you are buying. Right. You are probably putting, depending on the market, between 10 to 20% down. Um, split into a few different segments and you're essentially just waiting for completion and you're mm-hmm. waiting and you're hoping that the product actually gets delivered on time. Yeah. Well, one thing to preface before we get into the details, this is more so a, an intro to the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, as many of you know, you know, real estate investing is a very complex, uh, uh, complex uh topic to Mm -hmm. get into so this is more so an intro to that there'll be more episodes about this uh, but this is um, you know a good place to start Uh, pre-sales are a great investment vehicle Mm -hmm. as uh, we know and as well as our clients right so depending on your situation it may be more uh, attractive to you Um, so for example uh, people our age right young professionals that are just getting into a market um, it is a good way to to get your your, your feet wet i'd say um, do you want to share why? yeah for sure so you know, talk about young professionals um you and i are you know are around the same age mm-hmm. we have we have similar friend groups as well um so i think young professionals is really where the pre-sale opportunity shines because n- let's let's be honest nobody has 20 percent lying around in their <laughs> bank account and even if they do, it's usually locked up in different types of investments. Right. So whether someone is um, invested in ETFs that they can't take their money out or, or even their RRSP, mm-hmm. um, usually nobody has like 200 grand just lying around. Yeah. So be nice. So the exactly. So <laughs> the pre-sale opportunity is perfect for those types of individuals. Um, the way it usually works, the deposits is it's five percent down. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, upon contract writing, your next five percent or the balance of your five percent is usually due within you know within the first month. Right. Um, your second deposit, really depending on how long the pre-sale is, if the pre-sale is only one or two years, your deposit scheme gets significantly shorter. Mm-hmm. But if you are buying a concrete condo, um, especially the ones that we're seeing now, where you're buying five six years out then your full deposit might be 20% in total. Right. Um, spread over about two years. Yeah. So 5% within 30 days, 5% maybe in six months, uh, another 5% um, maybe a year or a year mm-hmm. and a half out. And then your last 5%, if there is a last 5%, it'll be like one or two years out. So 
for young people especially, mm-hmm. um, you can really work towards those payments. Obviously, do not go into a pre-sale, and I, I will emphasize emphasize this once again. Uh, do not go into a pre-sale if you don't think that you will have the money in time yeah. because you will lose your deposits. But it it is really really good for for young people because it does give them a little bit of time to save up, mm-hmm. um, even use some of the money for bills, expenses, rent as well. Um, and it, it does take a little bit of pressure off people. It definitely does. And like you said, it, since it is staggered, it's much more manageable in terms of cash out, right? Definitely. So instead of having, uh, you know, the down payment all at once, uh, it's within that uh, year and a half, two year time period where you can really plan. And just like Chris said, we need to really emphasize that having a plan for all of this is definitely a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to walk into this uh, just having the ability to pay the uh, the first deposit, and or the first two deposits, the first yeah. two, and and not really knowing um, what to do next, right? Uh, another major advantage to this, uh, I guess, more so on the investment front, is you don't need a mortgage mm-hmm. until until completion. Until completion. So that being the case, there besides the deposit, there's really no money coming out, mm-hmm. right? While your investment is uh, appreciating and uh, gaining equity, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you can shed some more light. Yeah, of course. So um, I, I think a really big thing for investors specifically about pre-sales mm-hmm. um, is is a lot of, you know, a lot of the investor clients that we do have, some of them may be, may be self-employed or they, or at least their taxes are structured in a self-employed way. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of salespeople, even realtors, mortgage brokers, some doctors and lawyers as well also have um, self-employed, you know, taxes. Mm-hmm. So for those people, it really gives them time to structure their taxes in a way uh, where they are able to secure the mortgage, and they don't necessarily need to declare everything income-wise today right. in order to, um, in order, you know, to buy property today. Mm-hmm. Uh, another huge advantage is for a lot of investors. For if you are buying into a project that's let's say one or two years out, or let's say you're buying somebody's assignment which we can cover later on as well, um, your your time frame for how long your capital is locked up before you really make a positive return is significantly shorter. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, that is, that is greatly beneficial as well. Um, so I think saying all this, we can, it really just comes down to the fact that pre-sale is good because it gives people time. Mm-hmm. Um, More flexibility. And, and exactly. And there's also different segments within pre-sales, like assignments and, and w- what else. Um, where you can really create your own investment strategy based on that project. And Rodby, something you were saying before that I think is extremely important is you need to have a strategy going into pre-sale. You do. Um, a reason I say this is if you look at a lot of people that purchase into pre-sale 2021 or even at the peak of the market, um, let's say first quarter 2022, mm-hmm. a lot of people, they seem to not have done their due diligence yeah. And they purchase into a product with rates essentially being zero. Now that rates are in the fives and the sixes, they can no longer secure financing. So it really seems like a lot of people did not have a plan going into it, uh, whether they purchased the product themselves or with a realtor that may not have shared a strategy with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like a lot of people are now having to forfeit their contracts. Um, in Ontario, especially, I you know, I specifically look a lot into the Ontario market. I think it's pretty fascinating what's going on out there. 
people are literally walking away from deposits that are in the six figures mm-hmm. in like the one, two, three hundred thousand dollar range because they can't secure financing. They don't have the option. To- and also they can't assign the unit because nobody else wants it either. Yeah. Because it's completing next year. Rates are, you know, 500% of what they were initially. Mm-hmm. So they had to forfeit all this capital. So it was, it, it wasn't even an investment to begin with. Um, so it's it's incredibly important to walk into this, you know, pretty pretty complex situation with a presale mm-hmm. with a very very um, strong plan in mind. Exactly, and I would even go further than that and have a plan after one hundred percent it completes. Mm-hmm. Right, and we're we're a big fan of um, sort of. Uh, providing a, a long-term plan for our clients, yep. not just for that one investment, but really setting them up uh, to have the ability to invest further and grow their wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that being the case, not all pre-sales are made equal, right? Yep. Just like you mentioned, it really depends on your situation as well. Uh, but let's say everything else being equal, what are some uh, green flags for, uh, for pre-sales that uh, are a good uh, investment opportunity? So I think uh, maybe in BC and Ontario, we we have been a little too blessed mm-hmm. with the fact that the market has been consistently going up over the last decade, um, really over the last couple of decades. But especially within not even a decade, maybe the last five, six, seven years, uh, the market has been running like crazy. Mm-hmm. And people are going into contracts and developments where they think that anything will go up. Um, and they, they will double their money in, in a couple of years. But that's unfortunately not the case. If you look at the actual fundamentals of what real estate investing should be, um, you need to buy into areas where they are actively working on infrastructure to support the growth mm-hmm. and the population growth. You are buying into areas where people are actually having good jobs, where they can either afford the rent or you know the, the property itself on the buy side. Um, you are you're buying into projects where people are actively building commercial spaces as well. And right now we are seeing a huge influx of uh, mixed use development mm-hmm. um, over the last few years as well. Residential commercial. So, for exactly. Those that don't know. Exactly. So it will be, you know, commercial unit on the bottom. Let's say you have a TD bank and you have uh, like a subway or something. Mm-hmm. And then you will have a couple floors up or maybe even 30 floors up. Um, so so that people will actually have places to go after they purchase into yeah. these products. Um, and of course, some of these products or some of these pre-sales do come with premiums as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least you know you're buying into a development where they're actually building an ecosystem around the unit. And exactly. you're not only buying the unit itself. Now saying all that, I'm not saying that buying into projects where you're only buying into a unit is necessarily a bad thing. But you do want to expand your search area within, you know, let's say 5, 10 kilometers or so. And see, okay, even if you are not planning on living in this place, and even if you do have a tenant in place after the project completes, right? Um, will your will your tenant actually have um, anywhere to shop? You know, mm-hmm. are there is there any place to buy groceries? Are there schools? Is it in a good catchment area? Um, is you know, in terms of proximity to transit, is there is there anything around, or do they? have to walk 20 minutes in the next bus stop. Mm-hmm. Like th- these are really things to consider because like Robbie and I were saying earlier, you need to go into this with a very strong investment thesis in mind and a strategy in mind, because if you don't, that's unfortunately how you lose money. Um, and it's, we're not talking about 
you know, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, you're literally talking in the five, six figures at mm-hmm. this point. Um, and we have, we have seen that time and time again, and we just don't want people walking into that situation. That's right. Now, Rodby, you were saying that people should have a strategy in place for after it completes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some kind of basic strategies that people should have for when they're pre-sale complete? It's a great question. I think it all starts, um, well, first and foremost, the strategy to be able to complete, mm-hmm. right? And even before that, finding the right pre-sale. And what I mean about that is related to what you just mentioned. There's a lot of factors that you need to look into mm-hmm. uh, that are great signs for how this development may uh, turn out once it's completed. So like you said, infrastructure, right? The, um, the amount of uh, businesses that are open, opening up there, the uh, crime rate, for example. Um, factors like that uh, really determine the potential for the development Uh, One way that I like to think about it, I'll share this with everyone here. Um, Just think about the attractiveness factor for, let's say, um, renters, Mm -hmm. right? If if there are factors that uh, will bring more renters into that area, that's usually a good sign, right? So let's say there's a a SkyTrain close by, there's um, uh, access to the highway, very quick access to the highway. Amenities, like you said, recreational centers, parks, um, even uh, groceries, grocery stores and things of that nature. I would say those are all very good signs of a uh, uh, project having a lot of potential, right? And, and with that being said, that in a way is sort of planning for the future already because um, in areas like that, um, the equity once the project is completed is usually a lot higher than the, the ones that don't have those factors, mm-hmm. which gives you the ability to then, you know, either sell that property and, and buy a better investment or, you know, rent, rent it out and take out the equity as a home equity line of credit and use that as a down payment for um, another investment, right? Just so really just having that flexibility, I think is a, a huge opportunity for a lot of uh, people here in um, Vancouver, but also, uh, in Ontario. And um, on the other side of that, if you don't plan correctly, <laughs> there's a lot of risks involved. Mm-hmm. So for our clients, both Chris and I, we really do um, an assessment on the opportunities, but also on the threats. It's very, very important. Uh, so something that we were sort of getting into, but didn't quite get into earlier uh, this episode is the risks of um, choosing the wrong pre-sale. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you guys an example. Let's say you, you buy a pre-sale and you paid all the deposits. However, close to completion, the lender goes over there and does an appraisal. And let's say the appraisal comes in lower than what you bought it for. And there's that difference. Let's say it's 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever it is. Guess who's paying that, right? Not the bank. Not the bank. It's you. <laughs> And that's out of pocket. You can't finance that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the major risks of pre-sales. That's why it's very important to do not only um, a risk assessment, but also the uh, potential of um, uh, the price point uh, when it does complete, right? Um, that being said, I won't say any names, but there's a few projects in um, the um, the uh, King George area mm-hmm. where... If you're looking at the pricing compared to 
the resale even brand new resale even brand new resale uh, the resale is a lot cheaper than what the um, pre-sale units are selling for. So that being the case, is it really feasible um, to 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 think that within the next couple of years uh, towards completion, those pre-sale units will appreciate that much? In my opinion, probably not. Mm-hmm. Right. So really having a high level uh, perspective on on pre-sales is is something that we definitely recommend. Right. Because like we mentioned earlier, uh, not all pre-sales are made equal. Right. What are some other, I guess, risks to pre-sales that you've seen? <laughs> yeah. So I, I've seen a lot. I will actually um, kind of circle back to what you were saying mm-hmm. uh, about how they're, let's say, in the King George area in Surrey um, and really in a lot of other areas as well. There is a massive spread between the resale and pre-sale price. And, and I will kind of go into why this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, right now, if you go on RDW or if you're a realtor and you're listening to this, go on Paragon um, and search up units that are built, let's say, after 2021. Um, compare the price per square foot to brand, brand new inventory or to pre-sale inventory. And there might be a spread of one to three hundred dollars per square foot, mm-hmm. which is massive. Quite significant. So if you really think about it on, you know, even from a logical level, um, how are you going to make any money when there is such a massive spread? It, it means that the market would need to catch up in the one to three hundred dollar per square foot range. Mm-hmm. And you need to basically double that to, to make anything significant on a cash on cash level. Um, so this is really one of the biggest risks that a lot of people have. And, and one of the big reasons that a lot of people aren't making money in pre-sale anymore. Um, not saying that you can't, but you, you really just need to do your analysis even on this front. And now in terms of risks, we were, you know, even planning for this podcast itself. We, we, I, I think we went on so many tangents about so many different stories mm-hmm. uh, from things that we've seen in our careers. We, we have like seven years combined, you know, right now. Um, one very noteworthy project um, that I've seen. So I will not mention the project nor the developer's name. It's actually a good project and it's actually a good developer, um, but it's really a market timing issue. And, and this, mm-hmm. is, this is where I saw people lose. Uh, so when I started my career, it was um, at the end of 2018. I really got into the swing of things in 2019. Um, and that was really the, the last market lull. That was really when, you know, some people came up to me and said, this is the worst market I've ever seen. And um, so that was really when the market dipped the last time. And because of that, people people at that time bought into projects in, let's say, 2016, 2017. That was really when a lot of foreigners came in. You know, mm-hmm. that was when the market was running like crazy. Um, and now <laughs> completion comes 2019 and I literally saw people losing, I think the number was 220 or $230,000 on a two bedroom near Metrotown. Um, and, and they, they bought the two beds for, let's say, I don't know, like two or 800 K something, something around there. Uh, and they, and from where the market was and you know, where they bought it, it was, it was such a massive, oh, sorry, they actually bought in the millions, I believe, mm-hmm. for the units that I'm thinking about, because it was over a thousand dollars a square foot. Um, and they were trying to sell for 800K. And it was like, at that point, you're, you're, 
you're not recouping anything because your mm-hmm. mortgage on that itself, if you put down 20%, was 800K. So you're literally just trying to pay the bank back and you're losing your your entire initial deposit as well you know, as well as the opportunity cost there because you held up your capital for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, now projects are even four or five, six years out. So that's even worse. So yeah, it's there, there's been so many of these stories mm-hmm. and it's honestly a lot more common than you think in Vancouver. Um, I think, especially from people in our industry and, you know, not to talk <laughs> bad on anybody in our industry, but a lot of the even news is is only positive news oh this guy made 2x cash on cash or this guy made 100k on a one bed but i would honestly say that the downside and the people losing money it's like if anything it's kind of like a one-to-one or maybe the people losing money it's actually more than the people making money i, I would say in pre-sale Possibly. um because there, there was just so many of these stories there's so many people that you know buying the projects themselves and they, they're just not informed unfortunately yeah it's um it's un- it's quite unfortunate and, and to your point the worst thing of course is to lose money but the second worst thing is just to break even because the opportunity cost of you know you basically losing that amount of time where you could have invested in something way yep. better it's it's also not great right mm-hmm. that's why like when we work with clients you can just speaking for myself but I'm sure you do as well uh, we we provide you know best case and worst case scenarios, and we're very conservative with our estimates to make make sure that you know knock on wood even if the worst case were to happen, it's manageable, mm-hmm. right? Based on their situation. To your point though, with the timing um, for that project, for the, the people that can complete, the worst case is probably just holding on to the unit a bit longer. Yep. But again, you're really wasting time there, right? Worst case, you'd have to sell it off, right? You're not able to make those payments. Definitely not a good position to be in. It's definitely not. Um, and I'll kind of lay out, because Rodby, you were saying that that we do provide a lot of options for clients, mm-hmm. or at least we help them strategize mm-hmm. um, for a lot of options. Um, kind mm-hmm. of end-to-end what that can really look like. So, okay, so you're, let's say we already put down our 15, 20%. Uh, we are a couple years into the project. Um, I think the first thing is you you need to really manage your expectations in terms of how much this thing can go up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, you need to manage your expectations for how much the, you know, what the interest rate looks like at that time. Um, the kind of climate that we're in right now is is really proof of, of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always like to tell my clients, if the interest rates go up, let's say two, three points, are you still okay? Or two, three hundred points. Sorry, like, are, are, are you still okay? Or basis points. <laughs> are you are you still going to be okay with uh, with that investment? Can you actually uphold all these payments on top of your principal residence? Maybe even the payment went up on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's say for that Metrotown project that I was talking about, people wouldn't have lost money if they were to, you know, if they were to hold the product. But I think they didn't run their numbers correctly, and that's why they had to, you know, sell for a loss. But really, you look at Metrotown right now—a two-bedroom <laughs> that's close to a thousand square foot, or or maybe you know in the nine hundreds—it's it's easily over a million, mm-hmm. right? You're talking maybe thirteen, fourteen hundred a square foot kind of thing. So, so those people would have made, in fact, a lot of money. Right. But they unfortunately didn't do their due diligence, didn't run their numbers correctly, 
in the pre-sale phase, um, they, I think their only exit at that point and was really either a sale mm-hmm. or probably an assignment because that's a, what a lot of people were doing at that time and even yeah. right now. So that, that's kind of how they lost money. But if you go into this investment, um, and I'm right now, guys, I'm not saying you know work with me, work with Rodby, but really, if you walk into a pre-sale, even if you are buying the pre-sale by yourself, have a strategy in mind from the second you walk into the center all the way to the day you get keys and maybe even five, 10 years after that as well. Know what you are doing with this because you're you're here to build wealth and you're here to actually invest your money. Mm-hmm. You're not at a casino. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not playing blackjack. You're not, you know, at a roulette table. You're not just throwing money down and hoping for the best. Um, you're literally potentially putting your life savings down. So let's have a very strong plan walking into this thing. So we actually optimize our chances of making money mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, maybe changing the, the future of your family as well. Absolutely. Very well said, Chris. I think, um, you know, both you and I agree that the approach to take, it's not more so going for the big wins, Mm -hmm. but incrementally increasing your wealth for a long period of time that is consistent. That is what builds wealth, not necessarily taking those big risks and hoping for the the best. It's not um, it's not uh, feasible, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but it's also um, very stressful to do it that way, right? You don't really have control over your investments, and that's something that uh, you want control over. Mm-hmm. So enough scaring the audience, Chris. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the um, good projects in the mind. good projects and yep. um, uh, some of the success stories that we've had with mm-hmm. our clients. Yeah, so um, success stories. Obviously, you know, we, we we've helped a fair amount of people make mm-hmm. a good chunk of money in in, um, in the pre-sale space. Mm-hmm. Um, in this in this podcast, we don't really want to put names to projects, and um, but of course, if people are interested, they can reach out to us to learn more, even about past successes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really just creating these plans for our clients, um, where even like I I've sold a fair amount of pre-sale in 2021. Uh, interest rates were very low. I was telling my clients at that time that, okay, before COVID, interest rates were in the threes, fours, uh, really, really depending on your ratios and your income. So let's actually base our projections on that. Of mm-hmm. course, rates have gone higher than that, but my clients went into it with that expectation. Like, okay, my payment on a one bedroom isn't going to be 1500 bucks. You know, it's going to be significantly higher than that. And on a one bed, come completion, even for people that are living in it for themselves, mm-hmm. um, it's probably going to be closer to 25, um, base, maybe, maybe 2000 to 2,500. So my clients were fully ready, fully prepared for, you know, for that scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad I- I'm kind of happy and sad that, that we were right about, about where the interest rates were going to go. Um, because a lot of people kind of Saw, you know, a, no, a lot of people did see where, where interest rates were going with mm-hmm. the bond yields and everything, too. Um, so that's kind of the plan that we had in mind. We walk into the project. A lot of those a lot of those projects that we help clients buy into during COVID, um, they, they haven't come close to completion yet. But I'm already starting to see people assign units within those projects because they they have that payment shock. Mm. And now it's like, oh, my God, I thought it was fifteen hundred bucks, but at six percent. That's like twenty eight hundred bucks. 
with the property tax and with the strata fees, that's like 3,400 bucks. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of people reacting negatively um, because they didn't have that plan in place. So, you know, I, I'm just happy for, for the clients that, that you and I both work with that, uh, that, that they walked into it. They, they do exactly what was going on. Uh, we, you know, we talked about the potential downsides as well, and, and I think they will do quite well. Um, even, even before the COVID market, I was doing a lot of this with my other clients as well. Like let's go into it with a couple potential exits, meaning, you know, we either sell, we assign or we rent, um, and let's be fully ready for these scenarios because Mm -hmm. any of them can happen. Um, and, and clients that usually follow these types of plans always do quite well on their investments. And Robbie, let's talk about a couple projects that we are quite excited about. Absolutely. Um, before we get into that, just to add to what you're saying, um, it's definitely a good idea to get as much information as you can, but, you know, Chris and I, what we're really saying is all we can do is look at the, uh, telltale signs and basically project from there. Mm -hmm. We don't have a crystal ball. We can't tell the future, but based on historical data and what we've seen in the past, we can share with you the likely outcome, right? Which... Like you said, you did for your clients. Um, but yeah, so some some projects that we are excited about. Traditionally, uh, master plan communities are, uh, are quite um, great for investments for a number of reasons. They're really building um, a community, not just a, you know, one building kind of thing, but multiple towers, right? Even putting in um, uh, parks, for example, recreational centers for the the entire group of towers, mm-hmm. not just uh, one schools. thing. Schools as well, right? And, and they're usually located in areas that are very accessible by public transit or highway, right? So those are all great signs for um, pre-sales that have the potential to do very well. But even then, of course, be careful and really do a proper risk assessment to see whether or not it is feasible for that project to do well. One project master plan community that we are excited about, uh, again, no names, but it's it's located in uh, Coquitlam, right? Multiple towers. I'm I sure th- most people know what most project people this know, is. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. The first waterfront community in mm-hmm. Coquitlam, right? I think there's uh, north of 15 towers, uh, but a lot of people are excited for, number one, the wow factor of, you know, the first uh, waterfront community in that area but also some of the things that put they're putting into that. Maybe you can share. Yeah, for sure. So a ton of infrastructure, schools, community centers, uh, really think about River District along mm-hmm. Marine in, in um, South Man. Um, that's that's essentially exactly what this developer is doing. And uh, and, and we did, you know, we, we did bring some clients over to that project as well. Uh, but that's that's an example of a good investment. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, come completion, 2026, 2025, like, or further, we have no clue what the numbers will look like. But, you know, because real estate isn't a short-term play, uh, they're much better investments if you are looking for a short-term. But mm-hmm. real estate is traditionally like a 10, 20-year play. That's right. So you are, we are putting our clients into um, products and projects um, where, you know, really regardless of what the, of what the market does in, in the short term, let's say in short term, really meaning five years, mm-hmm. um, that, that they are positioned for growth because mm-hmm. of all of the other factors 
and the infrastructure that the that the developers are putting into these projects um so no we're, we're not really specifically trying to sell you on this project itself we're yeah. really just highlighting what's what's good that really can be out there and is out there today no that's a good point um one thing that's great about bc compared to other areas of canada even the world is that uh, here, you know, we're, we're quite landlocked, right? Just mm -hmm. based on uh, ge geographical factors. Um, so that being the case, thinking about it logically, it makes sense that properties here would appreciate a lot quicker than, than others. But uh, the mindset to have with, again, with investments, it's really a, a long-term leverage play, mm -hmm. right? So if you set your, your portfolio up in that uh with that approach, you're really not as sensitive to how the market is, right? Which is a great position to be in because if you're looking for a short-term investment, yes, you have the potential to make a massive rate of return, but it's also incredibly risk. risky, <laughs> right? For example, you could do a flip, right? Uh, that is, in my opinion, uh, a good way to make money, but also a very good way to lose money, right? You really need to know your stuff and in most cases, the the safest way to do it would be in an in an upswing, right? So maybe in in the coming years, once the market starts uh, picking up again, it would be good. But uh, for our clients in particular, we like to take the uh, slower, consistent route uh, to build their wealth. Mm -hmm. For for me specifically, um, I like telling my clients, look, the market in itself, in terms of the stock market. If you invest into any ETF, you're looking at about six to eight percent a year historically. Mm -hmm. um, if you are taking the extra risk with real estate, you just want a little more than that, and you are you are, you know that that's that's the position you want to be in. Mm -hmm. We're not, of course, it would be great if if our clients made fifty percent cash on cash, but really you're you're looking for a little more than what an ETF can give you. Or, or maybe you just love the product itself and you love real estate in itself and you're buying, um, you're buying something for your kids to live in. Maybe your kid is 12 right now. You see where the market is going. And, you know, we, we have a lot of clients like this as well where by the time their, their kid is 18, 19, 20, um, you at least have a condo um, and, and, and the kid will be okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're, you're not really, like we said a few times in this podcast, you're not looking for those huge swings because it can swing back on you the other way as well. That's right. You're really looking for a little more than an ETF um, with, the, with the additional benefits of real estate like forced appreciation, and, and that's really where you want to be. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of growing wealth, scaling a portfolio, you're, you're looking, like Rod B was saying, you're looking for those long-term wins, let's say 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, as opposed to swinging for the fences and trying to make 50% or 100% on your investment. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's that's how you build wealth over a very long period of time. That's why guys like Warren Buffett are still still in the game, is still added and exactly. still in the green, um, as opposed to let's say during COVID when a lot of the crypto traders like where are they now? <laughs> you know, they they swung for the fences, and a lot of them are still there. And I have friends in the space. I have friends that are professionals within the space. They're mm -hmm. still making money, but for a lot of the other guys who locked their homes to put into uh yeah into bitcoin when it was at its highest like a, maybe a year ago um where are they now exactly you know? exactly and uh it doesn't have to be the only investment vehicle that you take right 
uh, we're actually working on some things that uh, require a bit more capital, but uh, in terms of risk level, it's relatively the same and it has the potential of a higher rate of return, but we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's that's it for today. Great you way know? to start pre-sales. Yeah, great way to start pre-sales. Um, I think the main takeaway, guys, is please have a plan walking into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even if you're in Ontario, I can't I can't work with you anyways because of the, you know, because of right. where my license is. But if you're in Ontario, please, 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 please walk into it with a plan. Find a good agent that can help you, um, you know, guide you from end to end and actually make you money, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know, as opposed to someone who might not focus so much on the investment space. They're they're just looking for that commission and, you know, but for for them it's a win. For you, it might be a huge loss. So please have a plan walking into these projects because real estate, you know, contrary to popular belief, real estate doesn't always go up at any at every single point. Not always. In the long run, Not always. yes. But in, in the short run, meaning let's say three to five years, like definitely not. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions, we're more than happy to help you as much as we can, right? Um, thanks so much for tuning in. That wraps up. The first episode of our pre-sales discussions. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see you next time. That wraps up this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the episode, leave a review and follow our socials linked in the episode description. Make sure you share this episode with someone you think would get value from this podcast. We'll see you next time.